Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today, we've got a crazy story of a life-shattering revenge. So let's get into it. It's written by Kira Hataru. You killed my best friends. I ruined your life and your family's too. I've been contemplating on whether or not to post this. It was many years ago, and I was in a dark place at the time, the sort of dark hole none usually come back from, but I know I should. I did something terrible and life-shattering to someone in her family to get a bittersweet revenge for the deaths of my friends. But admittedly, I do sleep well at night. I apologize to any churchgoers in advance, this may look badly on you, but these disgusting entitled cesspools aren't worth any tears over, nor your prayers either. Note, I don't look at all churchgoers this way, just this so-called family. Background, this happened down south in the USA in a circle of judgmental and non-accepting circumstances that was and sometimes is the South. I was a high school student and I had the strangest and worst to best kind of friends a young woman can ask for. I wasn't the normal kind of girl either. I was the rocker chick that wore too much black, still do, and had too many womanly features for most to handle. I was also a fighter, I guess you could say. If the boys were fighting another school, I was there kicking some butt with my brother in gray. My attributes and uncommon way of making friends caught the eye of an unsavory character in the criminal underground community, but I'll refer to them as the dark side, and my friendship with them gave me a teenage power and influence that no girl should be burdened to have, along with its chains and restraints. But it meant I was not one to mess with, and it gave me the means for my revenge. The cast, Liza and Brain, LGBT couple and BFFs, Gray, my jock, hulky, and nerdy guy friend who later becomes my number one. Karen, evil incarnated slash possible antichrist. And Kira, yours truly. The story, I was a freshman and I made many friends along with some enemies for not being Christian or churchy like most in the school was. I was outspoken with my opinions and wasn't afraid to thrash any bullies that try to start trouble. Let me tell you, it wasn't easy earning respect from the teachers and students as both a young woman, openly pansexual, a person not limited in sexual choice with regard to biological sex, gender, or gender identity, and a non-Christian person. But I managed it just fine if I do say so myself, even if it had its difficulties. I had something of a following. Bullying in the school dropped, which there was a lot of seeing as the faculty and staff could care less most times and even the school's grade point average increased from my year, mostly because I made sure my friends studied and we had a free period to get studying done. I even taught math and English to some who didn't get the material, and as I said, the staff didn't care to tutor them. But I did, and I somehow became the voice for many who were different compared to the pure and Christian peers. This voice I became was one of the beginnings that sparked Karen's wrath and her ruin. Liza and Brain, it still pains me to think of them to this day. They were the kindest and most thoughtful people I ever met, and they treated everyone equally with this gentleness that only comes from a loving family. They wouldn't hurt a soul, 
and they were the inspiration of many helpful singles in our school because, just looking at them, you knew these two would grow old together, as if one died, the other would only be hours behind. But what they were spat in the very face of Karen's beliefs, though she didn't know it at the time. Bloody heck, I don't think anyone knew until they took their first P.E. class together. You see, our P.E. grouped girls and guys together in the same class, and we were forced to buy horrible, ugly P.E. uniforms that cost an arm and, well, your soul. A rip-off to make more money for the school. That was when we went to change for the class on the first day. Brain came into the girls' dressing room, and surprise, surprise, Brain was a girl, not a handsome guy that most girls were crushing on, because he slash she was not only forbidden, but the type of guy most girls dreamed of marrying as kids. A prince type, really. Oh, and she preferred to be referred to as a guy, so that's what Brain will be called from now on. To say that they were shocked that the gentle prince was a girl was an understatement, and it made visibly Brain and Liza uncomfortable with their stares. What the heck are you staring at? What the heck are you all staring at? I demanded angrily at the others that were staring like vultures about to devour prey with all disgusting rotten personalities to match. Oh my god, you're a girl? It was Karen's high-pitched voice. She had a bob and looked like she belonged with the cheerleaders, but their outfits were too skippy, as she put it once for her, and would possibly give her future possible husband impure thoughts about her. Oh honey, did he? Just not about you. You see, she was dating Gray at the time, but he was miserable to say the least. However, he didn't want to disappoint his family by breaking it off with her, so he grinned and bared it for as long as he could. Yeah, so, Brain replied, That's disgusting. You're going to heck for being so impure, and you're probably possessed by demons, she said. She said with a sneer like some bore out of a cartoon. Oh, did I say she had a crush on Brain too? No? Well, this is what set her off at this point. She just couldn't believe she wanted a girl and not a man as her boyfriend. It freaked her out, and I bet she was questioning her own sexuality or was in complete denial. You did not just say that, I said, hardly comprehending her stupidity. It wasn't registering with my much higher intelligence. What are you, from the 18th century? Or just stupid? What did you just call me, hussy, she demanded. You heard me. Or did screwing the couch make you go brain dead suddenly, I said. Yes, I knew she was cheating on Gray, but what she didn't know was that he was into me. The couch was a young man in his 20s. Not the most handsome guy, but he often hit the gym to work on one of his few assets. Unfortunately, everyone knew except Gray. He wasn't very sad about it when he found out, just disappointed. How did... What are you talking about? I say you know exactly what I'm talking about and turned to my friends, who were dressed in lightning speed and embarrassed about what Karen had said. Come on guys, we don't want to be late for roll call. This was the day it started. This was the day I should have done more. This is the day I should have thrown Karen off a rooftop, or better yet a cliff, before she did the unthinkable. Before she murdered my friends. Six months later, I was having dinner with the family, enjoying my Sunday really, when I received a text from Gray. Him and Karen were still together at the time, which was irritating for the both of us, seeing as we were into each other like crazy with the teenage hormones to make it even worse. He wanted to know where I was, so I texted back that I was having dinner with my family at a restaurant. What he texted back surprised me. He wanted to know if he could see me in private and that he was only 10 minutes from there. Apparently, he checked on my house first before texting me. I, of course, agreed. When he arrived, I excused myself from the table and went to meet him outside. 
I entered his car and noticed his eyes were red and puffy from likely bawling his eyes out. Gray, what the heck happened to you? I asked. Did you watch Titanic again? He still is the only man I've met that cries watching chick flicks. It's kind of adorable. No, he said somberly. We really need to talk. It's important. I should not have closed that car door. He brought me to a lake and the two of us talked and he told me the most disturbing news of my life. There, there was an accident last. Liza and Brain didn't make it. He was crying at this point and I had a look of utter disbelief on my face. The four of us had met up that Friday after school and went to the movies and had dinner the night before the accident. I couldn't believe what Gray just said. My brain couldn't process it. I didn't cry. I think it was the shock that prevented that as I hugged Gray to comfort him almost absentmindedly. How did it happen? I whispered. It was a car accident. They hit a tree and were killed on impact. He informed me between sobs. I didn't know what to say, nor remember if I had said anything. I just remember holding my sobbing, Gray, and trying to make sense of what happened. Why did it have to be them of all people? It didn't make sense until that Monday morning. I went to school like usual, went to my locker and opened it to get my books out for my first class, but a letter fell out of it. I recognized Liza's handwriting the moment I saw it. I picked it up and read it. I recognized her handwriting, for hers was cute, large, and I'd imagine rather hard to forge. It was several pages long of her confession of making an ending things pact with Brian. Apparently they'd been harassed outside of school every day for four straight months. Rocks thrown through windows, non-stop calls of threats, and people telling them they were all going to heck or worse. Hate letters, their homes spray-painted and broken into, destroyed property, and even Liza's younger brother being bullied at school because his elder sister was a lesbian. She felt as if the suffering and stress on her family was all her fault. That she had done this to her family just because she loved Brain with all of her heart, to the point that she couldn't live without him. Brain wasn't much better and probably felt the same. They didn't want to break up and held on as long as they could before it was too much. They didn't want to bring Gray and myself into this so they kept quiet about it. I wish they didn't. I wish they would have relied on me just once. Maybe then I could have saved them. I could have helped them. And maybe they wouldn't be gone. But I hated myself for not noticing the pain my friends were in. I was taken aback by all that I just learned. How have I not noticed? I never hung out at either their house since this started, and they haven't said a word of it to me, one of their two closest friends. I had Gray take me out of school before class began. He took me to his place and the two of us just kept quiet the entire day and just kept rereading the letter. And I remember one thing was clear throughout the entire letter. Someone had put people up to this. Someone had instigated this entire tragic outcome. And in my grief, I wanted revenge. I didn't see this as them ending things or an accident. In my eyes, it was premeditated by someone else. Someone had stolen something good and pure from this world. Someone was going to pay for it. The next day, I called a few of the favors I was owed to to find the killer. Then I put in another call to have a few guys clean up the trash out of both homes and remove and replace any destruction on the properties that was destroyed by their killer's comrades. I never told the families I did any of this, but I vaguely remember their parents' tears as random strangers came to their houses and helped them clean up for the funerals and construction workers, fixing the damage without pay, and I didn't want to involve them in the revenge I was going to take. They had all suffered enough, 
I was told who was responsible for it just as the funeral ended by several students who all said the same thing. They were buried together per their requests in the letters to their mothers. Karen was the one who caused all of this sadness. She had been bragging to her little followers that it was her that had a few of her church fanatics call their homes and their brothers that had destroyed the property. Her admission would be her second worst mistake. Her first was messing with my friends in the first place. I worked for over two straight years until our senior year. The dark side I mentioned before were the people I worked for once, and my only goal for my services was revenge. When it was time, I called in every underhanded favor I'd acquired over the years, and maybe had a bit of blackmail going on around the school to keep things quiet. Once things were in place, I acted. Her brothers were robbed and sent to the hospital. Her and her friends were bullied by the most popular people in my school, which encouraged others to do the same, and even teachers didn't interfere. I even got a hold of her inappropriate pictures she sent to her precious coach. Well, little miss holier than thou was your average promiscuous girl in a nun disguise, and they spread like wildfire at my pleasure. Then I had her bullied over social media by real and fake accounts. Trolls took care of the rest. I did everything to her, from cruel to downright petty, but I wasn't done. She was going to get a scholarship, let's say brown to keep it simple. I wasn't about to let her escape from my web, nor was she going to have it easy at her new college so I intended on ruining her life. She looked like crap months before school ended. It was a pleasure for me to see that, but it wasn't good enough. As I said, I intended to ruin her life. I planted paraphernalia and an assortment of drugs in her locker and had a recording of her and the coach canoodling in private sent discreetly to the vice principal and to her pastor. Dogs were called and, what do you know, drugs were found in her locker. I made sure she was expelled the last few months of the senior year, and she couldn't graduate. A few days before the expulsion, I remembered her crying behind the school, where delinquents would hang out or those looking to skip class would chill alone. I asked her what was wrong, and she replied, Everything, she said, sobbing. What did I do to deserve this? I didn't want her to know what I had done, nor did I feel sorry for her because I was too angry to care. But I kept an understanding expression on my face as I reveled in her despair. If anything, I'm sadistic when I'm crossed. I asked her to tell me what happened, and she told me that for the past two years, she had been harassed and her family too. She told me she was being bullied and everyone hated her. I was happy, very happy, but I said nothing of it. I just played the part of a concerned passerby that just happened to see her crying. Though I nearly lost my composure when she complained about the words slot and murderer being spray painted on her car. I recall our last exchange, but I wasn't listening to most of her babbles. She asked me, why are you being so nice to me? We hate each other. It took everything I had not to laugh. She had no idea that it was me that caused her troubles and her suffering. I wanted to tell her to her face that it was me, that I was the one who ruined her precious image that it was I who enjoyed watching her suffer, but I didn't. I gave her a warm smile, patted her back, that made me so sick to do so, and said, because I'm simply an amazing person. The result was ruining her little life. She no longer had friends. Her parents hated and disowned her as their image in the church was beyond repair. Everyone hated her, and her social status plummeted into oblivion. Karen couldn't go to the dream school she wanted to go to, She didn't get the dream boyfriend she was plotting for, as it turned out, because I snagged him as soon as he was free, 
or be truly happy ever because I ruined any and all chances. The last I heard, she was strung out on drugs and tried to end things on several occasions. I don't know whether or not she succeeded, but several years ago, she disappeared. My guess is that she did and her body somewhere in the woods or somewhere yet to be found. Point of the story is that you should be a bit more careful who you decide to pick on and who you harass. You never know if they'll have a friend like me who doesn't care what happens to you as long as the ones they do care about get justice in the end. One thing I do hope for is that Eliza and Brain can now rest peacefully now that the one responsible was dealt with. Though knowing them, they wouldn't approve of my actions, but the world is lesser without them and better without Karen. Needless to say, that was a very, very serious nuclear revenge. I'm gonna be honest, I got about halfway through the story and I realized I think OP was repeatedly typoing Brian and kept writing Brain. But either way, the overall experience in this story is just so beyond what I could imagine experiencing and going through. Something like that happened to your best friend? Would you want to try to seek revenge too? Let me know in the comments down below. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. If you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.